0: The following audio is from the Ridge Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. For more information about Ridge Church, please visit RidgeChurch.cc. We hope you enjoy this message from the Ridge. Hey, good to see you guys. I like the uh, the warm welcome back. It's good to be back. Uh, my name is Bobby. If I've not had a chance to, to meet you yet, I would love to, to do that after the service. And so uh, please be sure to, to grab me and say hello. I'd love to, to meet you if I've not done so. We're in a series called Acts really creative title for a series on the book of Acts. Uh, We do creativity here really well, apparently. And so um, we just like to be pretty straightforward. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn it to the book of Acts. And we're actually going to go to Acts chapter 2. And you might be like, well, wait, we were in Acts chapter 4 last week. That is correct. You're very observant. Uh, Kevin did a great job. I only have one complaint about Kevin's message last week, and it's that he did not put that bunny suit on. If he would have put that bunny suit on, it would have been perfect. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you have to go back to uh, the podcast and, and give it a listen. But a uh, great job by Rusty and Kevin while we were out on vacation, and so really appreciate uh, you guys giving our family time to, to get away and rest up and, and have a chance to, to recharge. And so we're going to be in Acts chapter 2 today. We're going to actually circle back to Acts 2, and then next week we'll get back to Acts chapter 5. And so the reason for doing so is at the end of Acts chapter 2, I believe that there is something really uh, vitally important to us as believers if you're a follower of christ something that that we really need to get our minds around and our heads around as we continue through this series on acts and so let me just catch you up to speed as to to where we are at at this point in the story and what is happening uh in the history of uh jesus and and his people and the church at this point and so uh, at the end of the gospels we see jesus be crucified we see him arrested crucified and then three days later Amen. He is resurrected, right? And so after the resurrection, he is standing before his disciples. And at the end of Matthew chapter 28, we see Jesus standing with his uh, disciples after he is resurrected, is about to ascend into heaven, and he gives them a mission, which is a mission for each one of us as believers. As believers, we are also called to this same mission that Jesus gives his disciples, and that's Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. He says, go and make what? disciples all right we're getting it that's good we're getting there we're getting there it says go and make disciples and he says baptizing them in the name of the father son and the holy spirit teaching them to obey everything that i have commanded you and he says and i will be with you until the very end and so he gives them this mission he says this is what i want you to go and do and then we get to acts chapter one and uh, the disciples are, are gathering together in jerusalem and as they're gathered together in jerusalem jesus reminds them one last time he says hey Listen, this is really important. He says, as you go, he says, as you go, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He says, my spirit will be in you. My spirit will be with you. And you will receive, Acts one eight says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses, meaning that you will reflect me. Remember that thing I said a, a little while ago when I said, teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you? That's what you're going to do. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so he says, you, you, This is what I want you to go and do. And then Jesus ascends into heaven. And when we get to Acts chapter 2, we see all of the disciples, we see uh, really thousands upon thousands of people gathered into the city of Jerusalem. On, uh, they're celebrating this festival called Pentecost, and it's really just celebrating uh, the harvest at this time. And so all of these people, many uh, different nations, many different races of people, people who spoke many different languages are all gathered together in the city of Jerusalem. And just as Jesus promised, the Holy Spirit comes and falls upon them, and everyone begins to speak, it says, that tongues of fire rested upon them. doesn't mean that they were speaking in tongues. It just means that they were speaking their language, and everybody was able to understand each other in their own native language. It was actually just a miracle. And so the Holy Spirit comes, and Peter gets up, and he preaches his first sermon that he's ever preached. Now, this is the same Peter that we see in the Gospels, the same Peter that tried to walk on water who couldn't, right? It's the same Peter that uh, Jesus... Came and asked him to follow him told him to drop his net and stop being a fisherman But be a fisher of men the same peter that cut off a dude's ear when they tried to arrest jesus, right the same peter that denied even knowing who jesus was As jesus had been arrested and about to be crucified this same peter gets up and does what nobody would have expected at the moment, but empowered by the holy spirit empowered that's really important as we go through this series empowered by the holy spirit leaning into the to the power of the holy spirit through the power of the risen Jesus Peter gets up and he proclaims the gospel and he speaks the gospel to thousands upon thousands of people and it's not a really nice sermon it's really not he says you killed Jesus he said you're the reason that Jesus is dead you killed him but but then he offers them the good news of the gospel he tells them to repent and be baptized and Acts chapter 2, it says that thousands, 3,000 plus people came to know Jesus that day as their Savior. It's really an amazing story. And so we're actually going to, to pick it up uh, at the end of, of that part there. But what we're going to see in this last part of Acts chapter 2 is a word that's going to be really important as we continue throughout this series. And it's a word called devotion. devotion. Now, how many of us are devoted to something? Raise your hand, a little crowd participation, devoted to something. I hope you're devoted to to something. If you are married, I hope that you're devoted to your spouse, right? If you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, maybe you're devoted to them. We're all devoted to, to something, right? If we have children, hopefully we're devoted to our children. So all of us in some way could be devoted to something. Some of us are devoted to like a healthy lifestyle, Right? Maybe you have a gym membership that you pay for that you don't go to. I don't know, but like, but maybe you're devoted to to healthy eating, healthy living. Some people are devoted to to certain brands, right? Like maybe you only shop at at certain places. You only go to Kroger. Or you only go to Food City or whatever, right? Like you shop at certain places. I'm convinced that if Apple made a toilet, I would buy it. <laughs> and so I'm devoted. I'm devoted to to brands too, right? And and Tim's shaking his head like a, like. It's not Android. I'm sorry, buddy. But so, like, like I mean, we're, we're devoted to things. We're, some of us are devoted to, to teams, right? Like, we're devoted to, to sports teams. And you know, today is Sunday. Some of you are devoted to watching turn left and taking naps, right? And so, maybe you'll go and, and, and do that today. Or, you know, my favorite thing to do is to turn on some golf and nap, right? And so, maybe you'll do that today. But, but like, you're devoted to something. We're all devoted to something, aren't we? Well, you see the early church, the early believers, these early Christians, they were devoted to something way more powerful and way better than these things. Even our spouses and our children, those things are great, but they were devoted to Jesus and to each other. They were devoted to Jesus and each other. And this is a picture of the early believers, the early church, the beginning of the church. What we know as as church today is is beginning right here at at, at Acts 2, and and it's coming together. And when the early Christians began to to get together, they, they leaned into Jesus. They were all about Jesus, and they were all about each other. They were all about Jesus, and they were all about each other. And so today, what we're going to look at is I want to show you what the early church was marked by and devoted to. Therefore, They being marked by and devoted to these things. And by the way, these are just principles. These are not methods. These are principles, okay? We could talk about methods, but it it wouldn't matter much because if you've been here at Rich Church any length of time, you know that our methods change. The principles never do. The methods change, but the principles never do. And so these are things as believers and as a body of believers, the church, we, Ridge Church, should also be devoted to and Marked by and so let's take a look at these acts chapter 2 starting in verse 42 I'm Just going to read you a couple of verses as we get started it Says this it says and they devoted themselves to the apostles teachings And the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles And all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all of the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And so I've got a few things that I want to show you that they were marked by and devoted to as we go through this. And so the first thing is this, is that they were devoted to preaching of the word. Look at verse 42. It says this, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. And so what were they teaching? What were the apostles teaching? Well, they were teaching again, everything that Jesus had commanded them. Remember that Matthew twenty-eight nineteen it says, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And so the apostles, they didn't have the new Testament yet. In fact, they were living what we're reading. And so they they didn't have this part of the Scriptures yet. They had the Old Testament, but even in the Old Testament, they didn't have it in a bound Bible that they could put in their hand. And they certainly didn't have it in a smartphone or smart device, right? And so they didn't have access to the Scriptures like we have access to the Scriptures today, but they had the Old Testament. And so the apostles, what were they teaching? Well, they were teaching everything that Jesus had taught them. All that they had experienced with Jesus, they were teaching the people what they had experienced, what Jesus had told them. And then in the Old Testament, when they would take the Old Testament scriptures and read that, they were showing where Jesus was in the Old Testament scriptures. You see, when you read the Bible, the Bible is is a it's it's a, a story from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation. It is one story about. Jesus. There are little stories about little things in there, but within all of the stories, within all scriptures, all scripture points to Jesus. Even the Old Testament, stuff that we're like, what? How, like, How does that work? It's there. All scripture points to Jesus. And so the apostles, they were teaching this and showing this to everyone that, they were, that was together. And so again, they were all about Jesus. And they, listen, they didn't have to be deep. They didn't have to be deep. There was nothing deep about what they were teaching. They were just teaching, hey, this is what Jesus taught us. Now let's go and live this out. And the deepest thing that you and I can do, like if we want deep, when we want deep teaching, let's apply what we've been taught. That's deep. When we learn to apply what we've been taught, because we've probably been taught more than we can actually apply. But if we want really deep and we want to go deep, then let's apply what we've been taught. And this is what the apostles were teaching each other. And so the same is true for us here at the Ridge. We want to be all about Jesus. And so here at our church, you won't find sermons that are about anything else. We don't teach on anything else but Jesus. Because here's the deal, and and, and this will always be true for as long as I'm the lead pastor here, is that if a sermon is preached without Jesus Christ being resurrected, Then it shouldn't be taught Because if we we give you if I stand here or one of our other communicators stands up here or anyone else stands up here and says Here's what you should do. Here's the challenge for the day Here's your next step and you can do that next step without jesus being raised from the grave Then it's just morality This is not what the apostles were teaching they were teaching everything that jesus had taught them paul The Apostle Paul, who we'll learn about a little later in this series, the Apostle Paul, he said that if Jesus was not crucified and did not rise from the grave, we of all men should be most pitied. He said, we're fools. We're wasting our time. The early church devoted themselves to this teaching because it pointed them to the work of Jesus. And so, as believers... As we teach, as we teach uh, classes to rich kids, as we teach classes to to rich students, as we teach from the stage here, as we do anything it needs to point to Jesus, because if it points to anything else, then it's just good advice. And we can get that anywhere, can't we? And we can get bad advice too. (laughs) We can get really bad advice as well. And so we want to point to Jesus. So here's a question. I'm going to give you a couple of questions to wrestle with as we go through these as well. So here's a question I want us to wrestle with is this. Are we devoted to the teaching? Are we devoted to the teaching? Learning each week, not just for knowledge, but for application. Not just for knowledge, but, but for application. Because information minus application never equals transformation. Information without application never equals transformation. You can have all the knowledge in the world, and if you don't know how to apply it or if you don't apply it to your life, it's useless, right? That would have been a good time for somebody to say amen, but we'll, we'll, we'll try that again later, all right? So are we, are we devoted to the teaching? Listen, and hear me when I say this. Not devoted to me. Don't be devoted to me. I don't want you to be, uh, don't be devoted to me. Don't be devoted to anybody else on this stage, be devoted to the teaching that comes through Christ, not to the person, not to the person, because I'll let you down. I'll let you down. And there will be times, and he, and I'll even say this, that as it's being taught, that's why, it's so, why we want you to bring your Bible and take notes, fact check it. Like, don't, don't take it for, like, if we just say it, be like, well, that's, that's Bible. Don't do that. I've done that. That goes bad sometimes. Now, I'm, uh, being honest with you, we're going to do the, the very best to our flawed ability, because it is flawed, we're going to do the very best to our flawed ability to try to give you the truth through grace Do the best that we can. But check it. I want you to see it for yourself with your own eyes. Don't just take it because it's coming from the pastor, okay? Moving on. Number two, they were marked by awe. They were marked by awe. I love this. Verse 43 says, And awe came upon every soul. And so, church, all happens when we encounter Jesus. Doesn't it? All happens when we encounter Jesus. And these people they were who had encountered Jesus, they were experiencing awe. Not, a, not an experience, but awe. Awe is not an experience. It's an encounter. Awe is not an experience. It's an and, encounter. and So we want this church to be a church where you experience all like the early believers. Not because, not because we wowed you with our lights, which aren't that good, to be honest. Our people who run them back there, they're great. But the lights, they're not, there's nothing special about our lights. We don't have any lasers back here. We're not firing off hazers and looking really cool you know, through that. Listen, a hazer has never saved anybody. And if you don't know what a hazer is, don't worry about it. You don't need to know. It's that little fog machine type thing, right? And it's fine if you have them and all that stuff, but listen, it's not the point. It's not the point. We're, we're, not, we're not here. We don't do this. We don't gather together on a Sunday morning for entertainment. We don't do this for entertainment. Yes, we want us. We all want to, to be filled up, but we want you to experience Jesus, because when you encounter Jesus, then you experience all. And that's not entertainment. There's nothing entertaining about that. Is it good? Yes. Does it make you feel good? Yes. But that is different. Entertainment and awe are two different things. And so we, we, want to have, we want to have a good time. We want to experience these things, but we want to experience Jesus because awe happens when you encounter Jesus. Our band, our production teams, our communicators, they work very hard to lead us all to experience all each week because of how awesome jesus is and not how awesome we are because (laughs) we are not we are not but he is right amanda he is so it some people have asked me this before and, and it's just the way that we do things and we used to be different than this but about three years ago we just really got convicted of this and and changed the way that we do things but it's why we it's why we only sing songs about jesus so I only sing songs about Jesus. Listen, I love listening to pop radio and pop music just like anybody else does, all right? It's good stuff. I'm not going to lie. I like Taylor Swift. I'm just being honest, okay? Confession time. Confession time. <laughs> Tim does not. And so, and so we, 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 sing, we sing songs about Jesus here because we want us to experience Jesus. We want to experience Jesus. Number, all right, here's a question for us. Here's a question to, for us to look at. Are we looking to be entertained or to experience all? Are we looking to be entertained or to experience all? Look for Jesus. Listen, look for Jesus and you'll experience all. Look for Jesus and you'll experience all. We should never say that church is boring. There is nothing boring about experiencing Jesus. Number three, they were devoted to communion and prayer. Look at verse 42 again. It says that they... Uh, let's get to it. I lost it. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. We talked about that. And the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And then verse 46, skip down, says, And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. And so they were devoted to communion and prayer. And with communion, what we do in communion is that we remember the sacrifice of Jesus. The sacrifice of Jesus. The bread and the wine or juice if you're Baptist. Don't get nervous, okay? And so, like, just we remember those things, and that's, that's when we gather around communion, we remember Jesus at the Last Supper as he gathered in the upper room with his disciples right before he was arrested and crucified, and he took the bread, and he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which has been broken for you, and then he took the wine, and he poured it out, and he said, and this is my blood, which has been poured out for you. And they shared it with one another. And he said, every time you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And so we take communion to remember the sacrifice that Jesus gave for us. Because none of this is possible, again, without this. So this morning, obviously, as you can see, that we're going to be taking communion here in just a few moments. And uh, it was really funny, uh, someone asked me this two or three times this week, not knowing that this was about to take place, but uh, they asked me, and said, hey, how come we don't take communion like all that often here at the Ridge? And um, it's a great question, and I was like, that's a really good question. And, and here's, here's why we have not, we, we take communion several times throughout the year here at the Ridge at certain times, but um, we don't do it like so often that, well, here, here's why. Let me just say this is last night, uh, my family and I were watching fireworks here in Oak Ridge, watching fireworks. Anybody go see the fireworks last night somewhere? Something, you blew something up? Okay, cool. Uh, woo! All right. And so, like, we, um, we watched fireworks. And, and listen, I don't like fireworks. I could care less. Like, I've seen them. You know? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I've seen them before. It's not a big deal to me. I, I love getting together with friends and family, and I love that part of it. But I've seen fireworks. Like, it's not a big deal to me. But my kids, they love fireworks. Anybody else's kids, they love fireworks? My kids, they love fireworks, and they're just like, ooh, you know what I mean? They're just like, you know, it's like they've never seen them before. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if they do that, but they, I mean, they're just, they're in awe, right? And so, like, they they love watching the fireworks. And here's, here's the thing about communion, the reason why that I've been hesitant about doing communion often is because I don't want you to miss the fireworks. I don't want you to miss the fireworks. It's like, ah, we've seen it, we've done it, we, you know, kind of whatever. But been really convicted about this, and so um, beginning today, at the end of the service, beginning today, we're going to begin to take and have available communion each week here at the Ridge. And so we want this to be something that we respond to the Word, we respond to Christ in, and that each week we have an opportunity to do work with the Lord, to repent, Come to Christ if you're not a believer, an opportunity to come to him and partake of communion for the first time as he intended. But we'll talk about that in just a little bit because they were devoted They were devoted to communion and prayer. And by the way, prayer, I don't have time to touch on the whole prayer thing right now, but let me just say this. We did a whole series back in March on prayer. And just encourage you to go to RidgeChurch.cc and listen to that part of, of the series. Number four, got to move on. They were devoted to generosity. Look at verse... 45 says this and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need now Let me just say this because somebody will ask this is not communism. Okay, this is not them being communists This is not, you know everybody saying okay We're just going to dump everything into a pile and then we're just going to divvy it out to everybody and everybody gets a fair share That's not what was happening here. You have to see look at what it says. It says they distributed to anyone who was in what? Need Isn't that good? Like, isn't that good? Brothers and sisters stepping up, led by the Holy Spirit to meet the needs of those who were in need. And and why were they generous? Because they constantly remembered the generosity of Jesus. People led by the Holy Spirit, devoted to Jesus and to one another, listen, can't help but be generous. That's a great picture of brothers and sisters meeting needs. And each week here at the Ridge, you have an opportunity to share your devotion to living generously when you give here. And so we'll do that at the end of the service today, just an opportunity for those of you who are regular attenders here at the Ridge to, to be able to to give generously. One of our core values here at the Ridge is that we will be a church that, that impacts our community with generosity. And so a few, about a month or so ago, we had an opportunity to do that with one of our ministry partners at Linden Elementary School. We were able to provide Uh, food for um, about 10 families, 10 students at Linden Elementary School that otherwise would not have had what they needed for the summer. And so let me just read this to you. We got this from Linden Elementary School the other day. It says this. It says, Dear Rich Church, thank you so much for providing the food for our students. In every school there are students who don't know when they'll have their next meal if the school doesn't provide it during the week. Second Harvest provides food for the weekends during the school year, but not during the summer. So we were very worried for uh, some of our students. Thank you so much for providing for those children and, um, and easing some of their needs and anxiety. It, listen, it was an incredible act of biblical support and generosity. So when you give, when you give generously, those are the types of things that you're given to. And we do that because, first of all, Jesus was generous to us. And secondly, because the early believers, they were devoted to that as well. Number five, two more and we'll be done. Number five, they were devoted to to gathering regularly. And I don't think I have to spend a whole lot of time here. I think this is pretty self-explanatory, but look at verse 46. It says again, it says, and that day by day, meaning each day attending the temple together, they were getting together, and they were breaking bread. They were getting together, listen, in large groups and in small groups. Large groups and small groups. And here at the Ridge, you have an opportunity to do that, whether you do it here on uh, Sunday morning or Tuesday night in our recovery groups or Wednesday night through student ministry or uh, through life groups that take place throughout the week here at the Ridge. And so you have an opportunity to, to be a part of these things. to to gather regularly, and they were devoted to this. They were devoted to this, and so I I ask us this question. Are we devoted to gathering with other believers in large groups and small groups, or is it just something that happens if and when it's convenient? The early believers made it a priority to be with others. This was biblical community, and so each week you have an opportunity to do that here, and so I ask us to, to wrestle with that question. Are we doing it out of convenience and if and when? Or are we doing it because we want to be devoted to each other? Not devoted to just being here, but to being devoted to one another. Moving on, number six. They were devoted to community. Devoted to community. Look at verse 44. It says, And all who believed were together and had things in common. That means that, that the thing that they had most in common was what? Jesus, right? We can go Sunday school answer here. It's okay. Jesus. They had Jesus in common. And so they were together in that. They were of one mind in that. And then look at verse 46 again. It says, they were attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. And so you see this word together a lot. And, and you see this theme through all, all throughout Acts. They did community different from the way that we do community. They did community different from the way that we do community Look at this. Acts chapter 2 at the very beginning, something very important that we need to understand here, is that it says that there were many different nations, tribes, tongues, and races that were together in the city of Jerusalem. And so, listen, they looked different. They talked different. They come from different socioeconomic backgrounds. They were different from one another. They weren't the same. They weren't the same. They were different. But yet, they gathered together, and they gathered together under the same cause, Jesus. Because Jesus had been risen from the grave, and they believed that Jesus was who he said he was, and that he was going to do all that he promised he would do. They believed that, and so together, they broke bread together, meaning they sat down and they had meals together. They talked to one another. They hung out with each other. They provided for each other's needs. They were together often, yet they were all very different and so the early believers were the most diverse group of christians ever assembled far 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 away from what sunday morning looks like now church i'll say it we need to be more, more diverse we need to be more about diverse inside these walls should look more like the diversity of our city And we need to be more diverse. Heaven might be a shock to some believers because church on Sunday looked nothing like heaven. And so here's a question. Are we devoted to brothers and sisters in Christ? Or just those that look like us? Number seven. Last one. They were devoted and marked by multiplying. Look at verse 47 because they were doing these things, empowered by the Holy Spirit, having Jesus in common under that banner. It says, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. They multiplied. And so they went from 12 to 120 to 3,000 to thousands upon thousands upon thousands. And as we'll see here in just a little while, first Baptist Jerusalem grew to about 50, 60,000 people. Now I don't know if it was Baptist. I'm just kidding. But It could have been. Who knows? And so, like, it just grew. It multiplied. And here's how it multiplied. Because they multiplied inward as individual believers. They multiplied outward in number. Growing believers multiply. And so as they made disciples, those disciples made disciples, and they started new churches for all the disciples being made. That's how it works. It's crazy. It's almost as if they actually believed what Jesus said in Matthew 28, right? (laughs) Go and make disciples. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Let's go do that. (laughs) It's almost as if they believed Jesus. So here's a question. Are we devoted to growing inward? And are we devoted to multiplying outward? It's our job as a church to to help you do both, to reflect the gospel so that those who are far from God will be awakened to life in Christ. And as we do that, we'll make disciples and we'll plant other churches. You see, this building here at 157 LaSalle Road is just a building. It's a place. It's an address. That's it. It's walls, concrete, it's whatever. You and I are the church. We are the church together. And as we multiply, 157 LaSalle Road will not be the only address under the banner. Under the cause of multiplication. And so, I'll close by saying this. I I love this church. I do. I love this church. I make no apologies about that. I love this church. I love you guys. Because we are the church. But my greatest fear is that we will become better coaches than we are players that we'll become better coaches and be better coaches than we are players. Here's what I mean by that. Of course, this past week we just got back from vacation with my family. And uh, I have this grand notion in my mind that I could be this amazing skimboarder. You know what a skimboard is? If you know what it is, you know how lame this is for me to even say this, right? A skimboard is this, this board, right, that has, and we got a video that we'll show. This is my son skimboarding right here. And... Um, it's a little slow-motion action. We wanted you to see. So he's six, and we're we're there at the beach skimboarding. This is about uh, 30 minutes after me showing him how to skimboard. And so now here's the deal. When we get the skimboard out of the car, and I, I bring it out, I was like, hey, you want to skimboard? He's like, yeah, I would love to skimboard. And so he says, show me how to skimboard. And I say, I can't show you, but I can tell you. And so I say... I, I told him, I said, this is what you do. I said, you take it, and you skim it across the water, and then you hop on it, and you ride it like a surfboard. And so he goes, show me. And so I do it once and nearly fall and break my neck. And so I'm like, that's it. I'm done. I'm out. not doing it anymore. And so um, you can turn that off now. But uh, so, so I said, this is what you do. And so I, I showed him how to do it. I coached him in how, how to do it. I couldn't do it myself. Now, here's the reality of, of of the deal. The whole week, he's asking me, "Hey, skimboard with me? Skimboard with me?" And I'm like, "No, I can't. I'm not. You know, like I'm going to hurt myself. I'm not going to do that. It'd be a bad idea." And so, um, I just kept coaching him and coaching him and coaching him. And I was too afraid to play. I was too afraid to play. And I was able to teach him how to do it, and that's all fine, well, and good. But it's much better to be a player than it is a coach, isn't it? And I don't don't want us as a church, as a believer, I don't want to be a better coach than I am a player. I want to be a better player so that I can be a better coach. we We can't be a better coach unless we get in the game and play, right? And it starts with what the early believers started with, devotion. And so let's devote ourselves together to these things and be better players that make great coaches. And so these questions that I gave you, they're they're really trick questions because we can't do these things except by the power of Christ in us. It's what empowered these believers. And so as we begin to take communion here in just a moment, let's run to Jesus this morning to allow him to be our power, our strength, our propulsion, to empower us to be better players. And listen, we're not going to get it right all the time. We're not going to do it perfectly. We're going to be really bad at it at times. I'd rather be really bad at it, but be trying. Amen. Will you pray with me? And as we pray, we're going to close, and the band's going to begin to play. And I just want to invite you to, at that time during this last song, to, when you feel ready, when you feel uh, like you want to, to, to come and take communion. This time for us to take communion is, is a chance for us to um, remember the sacrifice of Jesus. But before you do so, if you're a believer here this morning, I want you to take time to, to repent of sin, any unrepented un, uh, of sin that you have in your life, to take time to do that. Uh, maybe in, in your heart, uh, the Bible tells us that, that we should forgive those who have, who have trespassed against us, those who have sinned against us, so that we take time to forgive those maybe who have wronged us or maybe even to, to ask for forgiveness for the, to those whom maybe we have wronged as well. And so we want to come to take communion with a clean heart. Meaning that we've just laid ourselves out before the cross. And if you're not a believer here this morning, before you take communion, I just think I'd say this: don't take communion until you become a believer. Don't take communion until you become a believer. But you can do that right right where you're at this morning by just asking Jesus to be your savior. And then you can come and take and taste of the the body and the blood for the first time. It's not really blood; it's just juice. Okay? Just saying we're not weird like that. And so as we do that. Let me pray. And as we pray and the band begins to play, I just want to let you know that we'll have a prayer team member over here and then also one in the back. Rusty's back there in the back. And so if you want someone to pray with you, you're welcome to come over to the side to pray with someone or go into the back, back there where Rusty is standing in the back, and he would love to be able to pray with you. Let me pray for us together. Father, we just thank you so much, Lord, for uh, your word this morning, God. We thank you so much, God, for how you have moved us, God, how you have uh, cut us to the heart. Uh, God and and asked us to be devoted uh, to the principles, God, not to the methods, but to the principles, God, that you are who you say you are, that you're going to do everything that you promised that you would do. And, Father, that we would just lean deeply into you. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for his sacrifice. Thank you for giving him to us so that we may be free. Uh, We celebrated our freedom as a nation yesterday, God, but on a daily basis, Father, we celebrate our freedom as believers, you have made us free. We thank you, Jesus. God, we bless the bread, your body which has been broken for us. God, we bless the wine, God, the juice, God, the blood that has been poured out for us. This sacrifice that covers the debt of our sin, that makes us free. It's in your name we pray. Amen.